It's recording. I love it, dude. Chris Tarr, how's it going? I'm doing good, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm finally here. Yeah, I know. It's great. It, it took a while. It was yeah. a lot of planning, that's for sure. I know. Schedules aligning, but I'm like, you know what? It's like, we're making this happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're a busy man. I guess I am, yeah. I love this place, though. I love your place. This is like, seriously. Thank you. Awesome. Everybody comments on it. I mean, like, what a find, bro. Is it the whole house? Yeah. Actually, my dad owns it. Yeah. No. So we're, we're all renting it out. Yeah. What a... No wonder. I'm like, how did you find this? Yeah, exactly. Little family connection there. Yeah. Last time I was here, the opening of these is always a little bit awkward because you don't really know what to say. Okay. You know, so <laughs> so last time I was here, my, my friend goes... Um, so Rob, do you ever use that fireplace? <laughs> it's actually uh, I did have that question cross my mind as I looked. Never used it. I don't blame you. <laughs> it's a nice like centerpiece for the room though. Yeah, say. we're just afraid that it might not be safe. Probably wise. Yeah, we we haven't really gotten it checked or anything, so I don't really know if there's cracks in it or anything. Yeah. On the inside. My actually, I had another question about the bunk beds in there. What's is just, it just in a, case anyone stays. Wow, you know, super cool. Like, is that like, does somebody like actually have a room in the living room? Or? No, no. Just in case, like, you know, people don't want to drive home or something like that. You know, Good man. We don't like people doing that after they have Place to crash, not in the bad sense of, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The safe not place the to crash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a loaded question, bro. Well, my official title, I guess, would be like youth director, or like youth pastor, I guess, for uh, Christian Life Church. But then I also do like other things there in the office and marketing. And I wear a lot of hats and choir director. Actually, I love choir directing, which is really uh, music. And I'm on the worship team. I do a lot of stuff. So, yeah. But my official title is youth director, youth pastor. And I get to do that for my job, which is wow. pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Not a lot of people get to do that. Most yeah. Just go to church. People go to church or they just like have a normal job. Exactly. There have been times where I've been like, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to have a normal job. Not that <laughs> I haven't had a normal job, but it's funny because now I'm, I just started dating somebody and she, anyway, she works for her brother on this like cloud-based software thing called Salesforce, whatever. And... I was just talking with a car full of people. She does this thing, it's called Salesforce. And they're all like, oh yeah, we use that for our firm. We use that for our this and that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I've never met anybody who knew what that was. And they're like, well, it's because we're all in the workforce. I was like, oh, is that what that's like? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Anyways. Man. Yeah, that must be interesting. Um, so how do you like run a church? Like, is it? Is it? I have no idea. No. <laughs> is it... Um, I mean, it, do you kind of, you, you run it like a business, obviously, right? Well, that's what's interesting about it is, yeah, there is an aspect of it that is, you know, we have our expenditures, we have the income where people give, um, but it's different because, well, I can't say it's different, but it's interesting because you have the natural aspect of that but then you have the spiritual things being accomplished as well. You know what I mean? Things that money yep. can't buy. Right. And, um, but there's an aspect of, uh, 
the kingdom, you know, that's, that's being at work there. Cause the thing is like, if you ran a business right now for like something you're passionate about or something you start getting money for, you could release the kingdom in that and people could, you know what I mean? There could be a supernatural component to it that people don't even realize. Yep. I just feel different when I walk in your shop or I just, whatever. And so, but you get paid, you know, things, things happen. There's an exchange in the natural, but there's also one in the spiritual. So there is an aspect of it in the natural that looks like a business, even though it runs a little different, probably. Yeah. Nonprofit. I think, I think a lot of people say that church is a business uh, as a derogatory term, kind of, to kind of bash it a little bit, which it may be true that church is a business, but they're, they're, it's not a bad thing, mm. you know. It can be a bad thing. It can be a bad thing. It can become but a bad it's thing. It's not always a bad thing. Like no, you have to advertise almost in every portion of your life. Really, it's pretty interesting. I know. You're you looking know, at the marketing so, guy right here. I know yeah. about it. So it's like, like, what are you doing when you're trying to dress nice, mm. trying to advertise your yourself? You know, you're kind of like advertise your point. character or advertise. You, you know, that you may be a little more sophisticated than you really are. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes or, even if you dress a little nicer, people's eye is drawn to you. Yeah. And because you're the guy speaking at the front or whatever, yeah. it, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And that's really kind Practical. of the reason I brought it up is because it seems that a lot of people who don't like church or don't like mm. Christianity, um, peg every church as a business but um you know which isn't bad but it can be bad and it has been bad i think it has turned out bad Mm. and in some instances yeah in in a lot of instances um where it's solely exploiting people for profit that is bad but when it's a business in the sense that it wants to bring people to the lord that's probably a lot better yeah yeah and i think there's an aspect of money that gets really funny, honey. <laughs> that's, how I always, that's how I always put it. People get really weird with money because yeah. they think that money is their source in life. And it's not, you know, there's one source. You're going to have many streams in life. Yeah. You know, how I started earning money was very different than how I earn money today and how I get paid and I'm on salary and all these things. Or people give things to me, you know, because they're generous and they're kind, whatever. There's always going to be many streams throughout life, but there's one source. It's God. Yeah. And if you think that money is your source, then you are going to live from a place of lack, ultimately. Like, because it's an internal poverty mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bible says that the, um, you know, God is the one that supplies oh, okay. all my needs. Oh, no, just the Bible <laughs> says God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah. But some pe- most people believe money supplies all my needs, but it doesn't. That's called the yeah. spirit of mammon, actually. It's very, very deadly. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing about money really quick, since we're talking about it. I was just listening today, actually. There's a passage in Hebrews that talks about how Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek, which is a whole thing. But anyways, laying that aside, he's, he then talks about how not only do I, not only is like, the exchange of wealth happening here and given into man's hands, but it's also there in heaven. So like when I go to give into the work of the Lord in whatever capacity that is, my local church or some ministry that I like or whatever, feel led to give in, or even when I feel led to give to some organization that, you know, feeds the poor or whatever, 
the Bible talks that that there's actually a spiritual exp- exchange. That money is then handed into the hand of God Himself, but it's in the spirit. Well, it's my it's just saw my money. It just and I put it right there. And I put it in His <laughs> hand, and us. Yeah. yeah, in the natural, there's a yeah. spiritual exchange too, though. So, anyways, that is interesting. Um. Yeah, yeah, I might have struggled with that a little bit recently. Haven't we all, my friend? Yeah, because, you know, it, especially with everything getting more expensive, it's been harder to, you know, make a buy a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And to do the things I want to. Like, if you're just making a buy, you can't really do the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so you need like, money. Yeah, you, you do. do. And then if you just, like, end up falling into that trap of, well, I need money to do this, I need money to do that, and, well, I need money for everything, you know, then you make it worse, kind of, mm-hmm. it seems. Because then weird. you've gotten your eyes off the source. Yeah. You're looking at only the stream and thinking this is where it comes from. Yeah. But it really isn't. <clears throat> yeah, that's similar to what people talk about when, um, like, if you listen to any sort of motivational speakers or listen to any sort of person who's made it anywhere... They say it's not for the money. It's because I was passionate about this, you know. And that's probably something God puts into people, 100%. you know, on purpose. Yeah, very discerning. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about that idea lately. Um, um, that, you know, what things we're passionate about, God has given to us mm-hmm. specifically. So good. And, um, you know, that can, it can be, those gifts and stuff can be, uh, exploited by the devil and all that, but, which is why you need to have your eyes, I think, focused on God, but, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's why we have those passions and interests, things like that. They come from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think there's this element of our, it actually makes me think of this yeah, I'm not, I don't want to go off too crazy here, but I actually just looked up <coughs> today. Go as crazy as you want. Go All right, crazy. sounds yeah. good. I mean, whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. But in Proverbs 29, I think it's 18, but he, the verse says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And that word for vision is this Hebrew word, chazon. And um, it's this prophetic vision, this like center of your purpose. Like yep. without this like clear, like this is what I'm passionate about. Yep. This is clearly how God has gifted me. Yep. And that includes like spiritual gifts too. And then there's a component of like past experience. Like here's, as I consider the past and I consider what I've been through, it molds you and shapes you in a certain way. And when you actually mm-hmm. think deeply about those things and you put them all together, you start to actually get a prophetic vision for your life. In fact, I think, like the age that you're at, right? Because you're not too much younger than me. I'm about to turn 30 in October, so. I'm, I'm 21. Almost done. So, okay. Like, there's an eight-year gap. Yep. Eight, nine-year gap. So, yep. so um, that's this is the time. I think 20 is, is the time where the all of that stuff starts to come together because you've, you've lived long enough, got some life under your belt, especially, like, going right out of high school. Yep. You know? It's like you're, you've been in the real world. There's just certain things that have happened. And uh, you're like, you oh, know, I like this. I don't like that. 
it's just this, this is like a prime time being in your 20s and realizing like where do all of these come together to make this like almost mission statement of my life I'm called to use these gifts that I have in order to reach this people in order to accomplish this thing that's and it's nice to have that as a broad statement because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself but I'm right there with you dude I think this element of what you're passionate about if you just like leave that and like, well, no, I work my nine to five and I just have to make a living. You're really missing out possibly on what you were made for. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. Really? Unfortunately. That's not unfortunate. Well, not unfortunately and unfortunately because I'll be at work and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, mm. like you're throwing a tire on this freaking car for oh, yeah. the 50th time this week. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and I'm just like, I like the work obviously I'm a little bit mechanically inclined and like to do it yeah it's definitely not what I'm passionate about doing for forever and even if well I mean you don't have to do one thing for forever I guess but there's something that I think there's some meaning lacking in what I'm doing now mm-hmm. I'm sure there's meaning that people I'm sure there's meaning in it that people do find but I don't think it is what I am called to do for forever mm. it definitely does not feel that way yeah like it's like well and then there's the element of like you know what you're talking about as, as far as your vocation you know what I mean like I earn money but like this is what I'm really passionate about and I can still mm-hmm. pursue this thing and maybe one day that'll like generate income and I can just live off that that's awesome you know right everybody's yeah. dreams that you know and the and the worst part about that is though is that I know the only reason I'm staying at this job is not not so much because I'm I'm good at it it's because I don't want to be poor <laughs> you know I don't it's a good I don't want to truly yeah it kind of it is a good motivator it's also it's a good motivator to see passion kind of shouldn't be your primary motivator mm. but it's not a good motivator to it puts you in a spot where you're constantly scared of not having any money and you just want yourself to be comfortable and you mm. like that for the rest of your life. Like he's a guy at work Come that on, complains man. like almost every single day. He's like 65 years old. Oh, man. He just complains, complains, complains. He's been there for 40 years. And yeah. Like, please God, don't let that be me. Yeah, exactly. And it's just dude. like, dude, you know, I I kind of slipped the other day and he's, he got done complaining and I went... So what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you know? Good for you, dude. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, he's, he's, he's like accomplished a lot there, but it doesn't seem like he has any meaning, really. Like, he just goes about his day complaining about how monotonous his life is. And his, and his yeah. uh, well, actually, I don't really want to talk that much about He might listen to this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, maybe, I, maybe, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt he would ever listen to this, but still. Um, yeah, there comes a point in someone's life where, you know, I don't yeah. know what it's like to be in that chapter. I've heard it put, again, sorry, welcome to Chris Tower's brain, okay, but I've heard it put that there are, like, chapters of people's lives. And, like, right now, where we're at is, like, the chapter of the firsts. First place, my first job, my first degree, college, like, first, 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 first. Mm-hmm. First serious relationship, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then you get yeah. into this realm 
and people you know they call it the middle age and things you know i don't mm-hmm. know what that's like haven't been there but then you're in the sames yeah. same career same wife say same yeah. this but then there's this final chapter of the lasts and you know you've been married for however many years and you leave a certain place and you just find yourself thinking mm, that's probably the last time I'm going to see them Yeah, but that's the last time we're ever going to be able to visit this place or you imagine you know so I don't yeah. know what that's like to be in his shoes and yeah yeah so I can't I can't go there too much but it's important to think about yeah yeah it is it's kind of scary it's kind of scary a little bit looking I, at him and thinking like wow I don't ever want to be there mm. <laughs> it is you know thank god that you do think that way though and that you're yeah. not just like well whatever because you could totally accept that same idea and just complain all the time yeah and, a lot and that'll of people, rob you a lot of people at work they're just like you know are you sure this is one, what you want to do for the rest of your life or whatever? Because you're going to be here for forever, every day, you know, and whatever. And and I'm just like, you know, that's a great question. And it I'm is. glad you asked me because I've really been thinking about it, yeah. you know. Well, the other thing that I would think of that guy, again, I'm like putting all these caveats on this, but nobody's holding a gun up to his head. Yeah, him, you gotta exactly. Work here, you that's gotta what do I was this. thinking too. Like, yeah. mm, there's still a choice. Yeah. Well, what if, what if, what if? Okay, you can live by fear. That's still yeah, your choice. Yeah, exactly. That's what still what ifs really are. Well, that can be what what ifs really are. There's what if this bad thing happens, and there's also, well, what Come if on. this really great thing happens? Mm-hmm. You know, what if I it's actually accomplish what I was thinking? Come on. You know? Hope so, and worry. What if is like... Amazing. Yeah. Dude, better motivationally speak to me right now, dude. That was amazing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. You know how long it took me to start doing this podcast? Let's go. Like it took me like a year of thinking about it. Like maybe I should start maybe I should start a podcast. Maybe I should start a podcast. Bro, literally Isn't I'm it? sitting here and I'm like we're talking about this and I'm thinking, You're already like I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna get a yeah. freaking Corvette or whatever the heck you do. I mean, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> it's I mean doing a podcast is not that hard. It's just doing it was yeah. the hardest part like saying okay I'm going to do it, it took mm-hmm. me like a year I'm sure my girlfriend was sick of me talking about it <laughs> <laughs> like she's probably like why are you still talking about doing the podcast you wow. obviously want to do it do it wow dude I mean she probably did. she didn't say that but I'm I'm sure she was thinking it I was thinking it <laughs> like, you know even if it's not that great I mean if the quality's not that great don't intro you know, the quality is going to be better now that we have a better microphone. Dude, this is cool. This is it's a wicked. Neat. That was 50 uh, bucks. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, you got it's it yesterday. Scale the microphone. Dude, if we just had tried it earlier, this just exactly. wouldn't have been the same. It would be so. that stupid, choppy headset that I had. Uh, yeah. This is perfect timing, man. Yeah, it's great timing. I love it. Yeah. Um, that also stems from what. So the person I had on last week was a little bit. He's had experiences like other people have had where it feels like they're push they're getting Christianity pushed onto them. I see. You know, I'm sure you've heard that a million mm, times. Sure. Especially being in your position. Yeah. And um which is definitely something I've felt before, even mm. though I already am a Christian. Mm. Um What do you mean by that? I guess would be like pushed. What does that mean? Like people people saying, You're doing this wrong, you need okay. to do this. Or you're basically going to burn in hell. Okay. Which may be true, but that's not Aggressive. the way you go about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In a, in a way, 
I mean, I think the way to go about it is probably to um, set an example, right? I mean, on how that's part of it for sure. Yeah. You know, a lot I mean, of it I, comes back to. I think about this these things a lot myself because they they really do matter. What makes me righteous? That's ultimately what it comes down to. Every human desire. Mm, I shouldn't say that. There's just an innate thing that's in us that says, I want to be right, or I want to have right standing, or I want yep. to be validated mm. even yeah. in my life. Like, I don't care who gives it to me. I just want the, well done, let me give yeah. you the pat on the back thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about how the seed of eternity is planted in every heart. You know, deep down, everybody knows there's a God and I'm not him. <laughs> and yeah, we want that validation from him. And so what happens is religion. Religion comes in and says, you have to do all these things. No, no, here's what it looks like to be a Christian. You got to check all these boxes and do you, yeah. do you cross all the T's and dot all your I's like me? Because <laughs> I am self-righteous. Yeah. No, Christianity is actually the only religion where you actually have to repent of your self-righteousness. Because you have to realize that you cannot be righteous on your own. And that's actually the whole point. The whole point of religion, or I should put it this way, the whole point of the law was to tell you that you're not good enough. And you won't be. That's the bad news. (laughs) Yeah. But the good news is that there was somebody who was. And when Jesus came and did what he did, it's our solely our faith in God, or specifically our faith in the sacrifice of Jesus, that makes us in right standing with God. And that changes everything because now... The Bible says what the law could not do, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and he condemns sin in the flesh so that we could be free. And now we're actually free from the law. Not to say that we live unrighteously, but now what the law couldn't do, I, I, if I really am born again and I love God, I'm going to accidentally live more holy than I ever could trying to follow some rule book. And mm-hmm. that's the way it was originally meant to be. Mm-hmm. But it took some time to get there just because of the corruption of sin and stuff in the human heart. So yeah, that's a hard concept. I'm telling you what I just said will rub a lot of people the wrong way. Well, what if, but what about, what about, I can't tell you how many people like I live with somebody who is very an interesting, very interesting person. The word I'd use. And I just had to, I actually had to look this definition up, but I believe the word is esoteric, which means like really into some fringe strange things okay ideologically and the rest and one of the things he always talks about is how easter is technically a like pagan holiday like the word easter like derives from a pagan holiday and whatever so he's like oh and then you celebrate jesus's birth or yeah jesus's birth i know my holidays jesus's resurrection on easter like (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah and uh and, you know, really, that's not the right timing. And he has all this whatever. I'm like, okay, you know. And he makes this big deal about it. I remember one time he kind of cornered me and said, oh, are you going to be celebrating Ramadan? Which is obviously an Islamic whatever holiday. Yep. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to. He's like, oh, but yet you're going to go celebrate another pagan holiday, which is Easter. And I guess my answer to him was, if that made me righteous observing that holiday like you say I would care more but it doesn't make me righteous so I don't care (laughs) it really does take care of 
quite a bit. Yeah. And honestly, to people who have had that wound, the religious wound can go deep, bro. Let me tell you. Yeah. And uh, I know I've probably inflicted on people well-meaning. I probably meant well, but I was wrong. And um, it's, it is unfortunate because you actually miss out on what the gospel is really all about. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, um, the person I was talking about, um, it was from a relative that kind of was a little crossing boundaries, you know, kind of thing. I see. Yeah, so, which is, which is hard because, uh, it does, like, kind of leave that imprint of, you know, what religion is in people's heads, and they don't want any part of it after yeah, that. And that that's the broad brush, and now... But, you know, what's great about that is just as that one person brought, you know, the sense of rejection in their heart or whatever, or like, inflicted something on them, and they conceived it and perceived it in a certain way and drew conclusions like God can just break in in any moment and just to completely rewrite that whole thing through one encounter just one encounter with him and you're like okay this isn't just some make-believe thing that I'm trying to like I just felt something you know what I mean it's you can't mistake the love of God when it touches your heart in a real way and you know I hope that uh I hope that everybody gets to experience that. Really. Yeah. That's why I do what I do, I'd say. Because I know what it's I know what it's like. And um, you know, if I can be a part of that process for somebody, it's great. But everybody's on their own journey and yeah, God's the author. But I I'll do what I can do. So, anyways. Yeah. Last time um when I had him on we were talking about purpose. Wow. You know, and, uh, you know, I brought up the point basically that without God, um, where do you find, you know, a purpose in anything? You know, mm. um, and we got on the topic of evolution and I was like, so if evolution, you know, um, if evolution was real, then basically there's no moral ground to anything. It's all based on the evolutionary process mm. um, and there's no purpose to your life at all <laughs> pretty big you know yeah so you're actually worse off in that scenario yeah um, and uh, mm. and we just got on that topic and I was just basically like you know if if um, if evolution if evolution was a thing and we had no purpose or anything, then, mm. you know, what's stopping me morally from just shooting you right now? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Taken to its yeah. logical, like, conclusion. If you yeah. really drill down as far as you could go. Any, And it's not to say, like, atheists can't be moral, but they cannot derive that morality from a source. Their own worldview. Right. They, they have to have a... They, the mor- morality has to have a source. Yeah. And they're borrowing it. And that's okay. And they, I, I hope they borrow the Christian <laughs> because there's a good basis for morality in that. But. Yeah, for sure. The sad thing is, is a lot of them don't accept the Lord as a Savior. Mm. And they can't live up to that mm. righteousness like we were saying earlier from following the rules. Yeah. 
And it's funny, whether it's a religious source or if this, you know, standard that they're trying to live up to is something else, they're always going to fall short. Right. That's the human condition that yeah. we've been put in. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of times we get confused with the standard, too. You true. know? Like, we don't... Things we might think that are right that aren't mm. sometimes. You can feel really and then lost. We go, the and mix. then we go back and maybe read it later in life, and we're like, oh, <laughs> uh, that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, like with I would call it a worldview that's actually a very important distinction is if everything is basically all that you can just taste feel touch see just with your natural senses if this is all there is then um, there's just certain experiences what I would say that happen within the human heart and not the beating thing but just the epicenter of activity like your gut you know what I mean like Mm that source of just that ball of feeling that you got down yeah that, that you get knows what it is. yeah and i'm sure there's a physiological explanation i'm sure there things. is but yeah there is felt experiences you know what i'm trying to make at is like love and fear and these things that we know are there don't you can't scientifically just boil that down to some atoms and Stuff like well, you can, but I think it. I think it. Um, it coincides with what the Bible says. Mm. I'm saying accurately, it's, metaphysically speaking, it's beyond the nature of what we can perceive with our natural senses. It is, yeah, and that, that does matter because it, that does, yeah. When it comes to the physical world, if you're going to adopt an atheistic worldview, you you do run into a lot of different problems that way, um, among others. But anyways, I was actually just, I make it sound like I'm the most interesting person in the world. I say this all the time to my (laughs) girlfriend. I'm like, I make it sound like my day is incredible, but I literally was just reviewing a series where we went into, you know, our science and faith against each other, so to speak. They make everything, everybody makes it out to be this one versus the other thing. Yeah. No, that's, that's um, actually something that my last guest brought up. Um, was How did that, that he, the statement actually was is that I believe in science and then I was like well oh if you believe in science <laughs> you know believe but, the science that like I think that has a negative connotation these days too actually yeah um, and you know I brought up evolution and all that stuff and, and that took th- Forty, the last forty-five minutes of the podcast. Oh boy! Yeah, we don't have to do that. But. N- no, um, but uh, yeah, you know, I just pointed out all. The, he, actually, he talked the most. I didn't really get many points in. So, um, oh, but the points so if, that I, the points, if you could do the points, what were they? Um, well, the points that I, I did cite kind of caused a eruption. Oh. <laughs> not really. Uh, not 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 super aggressive. He was definitely kept it like cordial. Yeah, but it was definitely like, uh oh, like I can't answer that kind of thing, you know. Mm. I can't answer that, or I have to try to explain this in a way that makes sense. But it obviously mm. did not make sense. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. And, which is which can, yeah, um, which I think in general people will see 
or hear when they listen to the podcast. Not that I have many listeners. Yeah. I hope the audience grows. Yeah, thank you. It's grown mm-hmm. it's grown decently since I've started it. That's I'm awesome. surprised that I have some listeners that aren't within like my circle. So cool. <laughs> I love it. You know, like even from like other countries. Like I don't know if the I don't know if it's a real person or if oh. it's just like Yeah. I actually can't That's see weird. how does a bot listen? Seems, I don't know. That seems but their downloads actually. I can see all the downloads, but I can't see um the listeners. I don't think so. Mm. Gotcha. I need to figure out how I can see those. But that's pretty um, cool. Yeah, it is pretty neat, and I can see where they come from. Oh. Like I, I see on a map, it lights up where they come from. Wow. Yeah, and then it lists all the countries and stuff that, that downloaded it. Wow. Yeah, it's really neat. That is really neat, dude. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's Thanks. super cool. Yeah, it's well, it's, a, it's an honor. I to think be like here, total, sure. I have like fifty-five right now. <laughs> that's awesome 55 people dude and this will be fourth episode that's influence right there yeah that matters yeah well, if i could i mean i'd like to i obviously the guy's not here to be like here's a rebuttal but it's just interesting that whoever's listening to that last one maybe they come across this one next and uh when it comes to this whole topic science versus faith there's really yeah. f- is it okay if i go down that path that's, really quick? that's totally fine okay yeah there are really three things you have to look at and the first one is history yeah. The modern scientific, how do you call that, uh, body of work that we still like rely on for our, you know, the law of this, the law of that, etc. Mm-hmm. There are really 52, um, what you call the fathers of science, fathers of modern science. Okay. One of them was a skeptic, not even an atheist, a skeptic. 51 okay. of them were Christians. Okay. 30% of those were um 30% of those were like hardcore. Okay. One of them in the 1950s won the Nobel Prize for splitting the atom. Now I can't I have his quote in my in my phone right now, but it would take too long to f- try and find it, but I'm telling you this man in the 1950s got a Nobel Prize peace or Nobel Prize in the science f- Okay, yeah. That's I not Einstein, is it? No, no, it's not Einstein. Einstein. I'm pretty sure was a believer though. He definitely believed in God, from what I understand. Yeah. Among among a plethora of other scientists, the 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 modern whole atheistic sort of new atheism thing with you know Dawkins and all the rest, and Hawking and whatever. Yeah. They have put a face on science that has that is definitely more of a new development. But this guy that won it, and I'm sorry I can't remember his name, but is credited with saying the whole sole basis of science is to basically give glory to God. Like, look at this handiwork because it's all mathematically precise. It's so incredibly um, intricate, precise, all these things. And so um, that matters. And then, so history will speak for itself. And then you have um, worldview really is what it comes down to. How can Sir Isaac Newton, who although kind of, esoteric if you want to use that word again a little strange little fringe he chaired the department at cambridge for mathematics and what 200 years later here comes hawking with the same department chair and here's and although they're both men of science one credits god with creation and the other one Mm. is credited with saying there is no god it's well how do you view the world and then the final thing is um definitions when you say faith 
a lot of people immediately think it means blind faith. Well, really, we exercise faith every day. You hit the crosswalk signal. How do you know that car's not going to hit you? You don't. You actually no, don't know don't. that. There, but there's there's engineering happening. You hit the button, that walk signal comes up. That means that red, that's red. The brakes in that car got checked probably last year. There's a lot of things. If you really stop to think about it, plus your own experience tells you, okay, I'm probably not going to get hit. But you don't know. Mm. You exercise faith. The book of John, he said, I write, I write all these things as an eyewitness so that you might believe. This is my eyewitness account of Jesus' resurrection. That's where it all comes down to. If Jesus didn't resurrect from the grave, then Christianity is a lie. And But there is evidence. Yeah. There's evidence for it. There and, is. There is. And evidence supports belief. That's the other thing is, at the end of the day, we are all finite beings. We can't, beyond a shadow of a doubt, prove anything. At some point, you just have to start believing certain things are true, based on logic, based on what you see. And when it comes down to it, those belief systems have evidence. Yeah. I hope. I hope right. Christianity yeah, has evidence. Yeah, I sure hope they have evidence. And other worldviews, too, have their whole body of evidences and all that kind of thing. Those those three things really do matter in that conversation to give some clarity because of just definitions. People think, oh, blind faith, therefore it can't be. It's like, well, I hope people don't just have blind faith. I hope that they do have some kind of evidence supporting what they believe. So, Well, I think that you need more blind faith to believe in evolution than you do <laughs> to <well>. believe in <laughs> I'm with you, dude. In creation. I'm, I am with you. Um, one of the points I made last week was yeah, um, the um, which goes which goes with um, what you were talking about the intricacy of everything was um, I think it's I can't remember what law of physics is. I think it's the second law of physics. Okay, it's called entropy. Mm-hmm. You know what entropy is? I do. Okay, um, I had to explain it to the last person. Uh, is that I think second, I know what it is. Is that the second law? <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I believe it's it's either the second or the third, and I can't yeah. remember which one it is. Um, but it basically states that anything. Basically, it's the law of degradation. Yeah. Disorder goes or order goes to disorder, not the mm. other way around. Yeah. So basically, if I put With a energy. bunch of airplane parts in a hangar, the airplane's not going to put itself together. Right. Well said. So. What will happen is if I put an airplane in an airplane hangar and leave it there for a hundred years, it's gonna fall apart, mm. rust, and like it's probably not gonna be there anymore. Wow, you know, true. So, what we assume is the only thing that doesn't apply to is evolution. Mm. Wow, which is kind of a hard assumption to make. That's very good because it applies to everything else. Mm. You know, and yes, the does. the answer. Um, I get from that is, well, animals and plants and whatever are conscious. And living. And living. Mm-hmm. So they can now plan for their next, basically, evolution. Or even this their generation. Which I've never done, for the record. Yeah. But <laughs> well, and, well each, to be fair, so, so let's talk about this because it doesn't matter. Biologically speaking, there are generations, right? No, yeah. I come from a worldview that believes, you know, there's a creator and God created once, which is pretty staggering. If you stop to think about, so, we're we, still here. so we've read, yeah, you know, well, yeah. I'm just saying like there was seed. Yeah. 
the idea of seed and, and how it produces after itself. And God never was like, oh, I got to keep creating trees. He did it once. Mm. And now there are trees still. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. So that's part of the organization, though, that he created. Mm. That's part of the machine he created to run. Mm. Well, you know, it's kind of what it is. It's, it's organized mathematically as a machine. Sorry, I had the mic too far away. No, that's not good. <laughs> um, you know, obviously it's a little bit more meaningful than a machine that we make, but... Yeah, yeah. But well, there's definitely more to it. Like, so the crux of evolution actually has to do with, and you can bring this up with him if you ever get in the conversation again, and it does matter, is um, beneficial mutation. So it's very true that living things mutate. Okay, so... Where eye color comes from, you know, different skin colors. Mm. I believe Adam and Eve all had those. Okay. And so the degradation thing that you're talking about, it kind of is happening in how we see the family tree, so to speak, like splintering and like a also different may, directions. Maybe why people used to live 900 years and they don't anymore. Among other things. Environmentally, I yeah. think things have definitely changed since then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But with, with, um, uh, beneficial mutation that is an important conversation because yeah and we did have that conversation did you a little bit yeah okay. so basically the conversation was why do we have black people and why do we have white people mm-hmm. and why do we have people who look this way and people who look that way yeah and why do we have you know different types good. of animals and all that kind we of do. thing uh what was your answer or his or um well that was that was uh i think he might have brought that up sort i can't thing? remember okay. um but it was um Basically, what I what I said was we we weren't designed to evolve into something better. We were designed to change based on our living conditions, mm. based on our environment. It's a good point. Um, in other words, that matters because as far as like natural selection is concerned, it selects what's already there, and so now the evolutionist has an even greater problem because the degree or a mechanism of change within an organism that didn't just magically appear. It didn't just mutate. In fact, when we see mutation happen in the lab, it's always That's negative. True. Always That's negative. True. It's always they do all worse sorts of than it was before. Yeah, terrible yeah. things to these fruit flies that they zap and microwave <laughs> and radiate and whatever. Yeah, and it's like my gosh. And every single time, it's never beneficial. It may be an argument for that. It might be um, well, it's not natural. But even if there's a mutation of some of like a a small animal, you know, a baby that's natural. Um, a lot of times, a lot of different species of animals will kill them. <laughs> here's, here's, and uh, they're not right. They're all messed up. Yeah. You know, here's so a statement. That's the only real mut- mutation we observe. We have never nature. seen a beneficial mutation. Now that is a, that's a very intense statement because a lot of people will like their whole worldview is based like, it mat- if this isn't true, then it's evolution getting falls better. apart. Yeah. But um, it's it's just a fact. Like, even with um, resistant, uh, like antibiotic resistant bacteria and things, mm. people will bring that up. Well, that's a, that is a mutation. But the reason is because these antibiotics come in and they latch on to certain parts of that cell. So, for instance, the ribosome of a cell. And if it tried to latch onto that, well, if the ribosome's deformed, can't latch on properly. 
It'd be like saying, the only way I can haul away this whole town of bad guys is go and like handcuff each one. Oh, one of the bad guys has no arms. Oh, well, you can't handcuff me and oh, I can't take him away. And that's right. But is it really beneficial to have no arms in the long run? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like no matter which way you, you know, people are like, well, if you have sickle cell anemia, then you can't get malaria. Wow, that's amazing. Like, thank yeah. you. I'm going to die from that still. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, that's a beneficial yeah, mutation. Exactly like, so. that's your example. Yeah. And that is, that's it. That's what they got. But they have such a very sneaky way of yeah. putting putting the that idea in there, but never being called to force like hey give me an example of a beneficial mutation yeah and they'll fall short um one of the things that was also brought up was um that whales are swimming mammals mm-hmm. um and it looks like their fins might have had hands at one point or it might have this been hands on land. Can I just tell you, you're talking to the right guy. In fact, it's not so, <laughs> so much. But go I ahead, was go astonished ahead. by this. Like, I was like, okay, we have to go back to this. <laughs> you know? Wow. I was like, I was like, okay, we need to talk about this more. Because I am really new to this whole whale was on land at one point with hands <laughs> thing. And um, mm. I'd never heard that before. And I guess that's a common thing for um, evolutionists Evidence. to say. So... Well, let me give you the proper, I'll give you the, the technological, technological, technical, um, the technical terminology is what I'm trying to say, is uh, vestigial structures. Okay, so these are things like, for instance, your appendix. People will say, well, I could take your appendix away and you will be just fine without it. Plenty of people don't have their appendix. You know, you write certain people, what's the purpose of the appendix? Well, at one time in our evolutionary history, it did have a purpose. How do you answer that? How would you answer that? Um, we still use it. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In fact, it's, it is actually used for the purpose of releasing, we've heard of killer, uh, killer, I think it's killer T cells. Well, they release killer B cells, which help your immune system. So. That's so funny you mentioned that because that, that exact thing was mentioned in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, I had that same answer. Well, the thing yeah. is he's done... The, whoever this is sounds like he's done his homework, but not enough because even for a whale, that's not so much their fins that were hands; it's their actually their hip. Um, well, you call it their hip, but it's their it's like these itty bitty tiny bones. And they're like you see that is the leftover. They don't use those; they have no more purpose. And the thing is that that's simply not true. Without those bones, um, without those bones, they couldn't actually reproduce. So as part of that process. And the same thing with snakes. People tell, well, what about your tonsils? I still have my tonsils. And they filter my blood. That's part of their purpose. There's no such thing as a vestigial structure. And it's, again, just one of these old hat... I can't believe they still have it in textbooks, things. There's no more purpose for this structure. Trust, there's a lot of things you can't believe that in textbooks. Yeah, <laughs> true that, dude. Absolutely true. Yeah. And I mean, hats off to him for at least doing his homework. He didn't come in with like nothing. Well, but. we weren't planning on having that conversation mm. at all. In fact, I thought we were going to talk about cars. No, <laughs> so, <dude>. Yeah, <laughs> but... Um, yeah. Crap, I lost track. Um, I got you off with whale. male... Yeah. Yeah. Whales reproducing, sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um we also have to talk about the fact that um the 
um, whale had to survive its transition from land to water. That'd be tough. For millions of years. And at one mm-hmm. point, it had to be obsolete to both of them. You wow. know what I mean? And how long does that animal yeah. live? Let's go, dude. A lot longer than it used to because it should be able to live longer. It's Dang. been evolving for forever. Wow. Yeah. Robbie and his deep thinking, dude. I'm but, all about it, bro. Yeah, so, this is um, awesome. Also, where are the animals that were once whales? Also, how many creatures have hands? Hmm. You know, or hand-looking things that, you know, how many creatures have phalanges? <laughs> Look at you, you know, how dude. Have, how many creatures have legs and hands? Dude. Or legs and arms? Tell me, bro. You know, I love it. It could have evolved from anything, right? Mm. Maybe yeah, it evolved me, from all of tell it. Tell me this whole process. Oh, why don't we just why don't we just throw in like I don't know photosynthesis, which has like fourteen <laughs> distinct steps. Take one out, and nothing works. Please, <laughs> yeah, please exactly. tell me the evolutionary slowly process. Slowly add of, that. Slowly add each step to the process, and over time, until tell me it how works. that still works. No. And they're not dead by the time it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's some faith. Yeah, exactly. That's faith, dude. Yeah. Um, all just to get rid of God. It's also, pretty, yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. And, um, yeah. It, have you ever read older textbooks? Not like personally. Like schools and all that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Have you ever read an older Bible? A no. big, thick one they used to deliver <laughs> oh, to your sure. door. I mean, but like, it wasn't massive like... Massive ones they used to deliver your door with metal bracing. And <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah. good. You ever, you ever read one of those? I've never cracked one open, i got to tell you. I found one. Really? And I haven't bought it. I want to oh buy it. I, I don't even know if it's still there, but I really want to buy it. Wow. If you open it up, it has like the Bible is more than just the Bible books. Mm. It is nature and drawings and like mm. lore wow. and everything. In that it. Bible sounds amazing, dude. It's I want to look sick. at it. It wow. has a bunch of different um, species of like animals and birds and fish and plants. It's like, it's amazing. It's like, Wow, you know people. People, this is one thing I wanted to talk about too. Do it. Um, a lot of what I see is people sectioning off Christianity mm-hmm. or the Bible. Well, I should I shouldn't even say Christianity because Christianity may, might section that this off on its own, and mm-hmm. that's just what people observe, and they're probably right. Yeah. Um, is that the Bible is just. They kind of put it into this box and they decide what they almost want to talk about. Hmm. Like, and like shove other things off to the side. Okay, fair. You know, which I mean, I think I've observed a little bit in church. Yeah. And I think other people have observed too. I know what you mean. It depends on what you're trying to talk about, but yeah. It is, yeah. And I think a lot of churches, not every church, and I think the church you work for is better at this because I've heard some mm-hmm. of Pastor Ron's sermons and I was like wow that was a really good sermon Dude, and that it takes amazing. some him. guts to say that a little mm-hmm. bit sometimes which sure. a lot of churches don't have and they're all wishy-washy <laughs> yeah. but um and I think that's why a lot of churches lack masculine men mm. today wow that's actually a statistic mm. is that m- more women go to church than men and the men that do go to church are less masculine mm. generally yeah, like biologically, and mm. and I think that's because church does not preach how to be a man anymore. Mm. Wow, and a, um, a lot of those, especially since it's trying to advertise to people of the world where they're so like 
bent to this toxic masculinity problem oh, right. that they would get pushed yeah. away if they ever went to church and you started talking about how to be a man, mm. you know. Sure. Um, and, you know, one example, it's not really that they that what they talk about is a problem. It's what they don't include in church, mm. what they kind of decide in the Bible not to talk about, what, what might not be relevant that's the problem. Mm. Like they, it seems like they decide that some things just are not relevant to talk about, mm. or they kind of twist it a little bit and say those things. A lot mm. less of our church, I think. Um, yeah. A lot more of other churches that I've been to, and I've heard that from other people too. Sure. Um, um, one example might be they don't like to talk about um, the angels coming down and mating with the women mm. um, because obviously that's pretty gruesome yeah Genesis 6 did yeah it's wild also um, there were books taken out you know and mm-hmm. uh, that include that sort of thing that go into depth about that mm. that we don't read right are probably pretty true and we see archaeological evidence of mm. constantly mm. which we have we have ways of explaining with the Bible those things, but mm. less of if we don't include those books mm. that I, talk about the odd agree. stuff that we find. Well, to go back to your little thought there that you had about just masculinity too, though, mm-hmm. I think you are right that I don't want to just blame it all on like the epidemic of fatherlessness in our nation, but, you know, the what does it mean to be a man and masculinity is like something that's caught, you know what I mean? And I think as men, we have to, we're all on that journey. I I hope (laughs) what it really actually means to be a man and and that kind of thing. But now more than ever, unfortunately what you're saying is true. And I think culture as a whole is suffering. It's not even just church. It's not just church. Yeah. You are right. But I think the church does have a duty to, to um, bring that back. Help. But that yeah. means you need men. You need, you men. need men. You need <laughs> men to do it. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Strange problem. Actually, I really yeah. like our church because it's like a circle. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, God's got his God's got his guys, his dudes, his men who are. And I'm I'm thankful for our church. I think you know, I look at certain men in our in our church and I'm like, that is a man's man. That's true. I, and um, I'm very thankful that we do have those Yeah. There's men that I, I meet sometimes and I'm just like you don't see a lot of people like that anymore you know it, it, it seems like you almost read about them dudes dude yeah you know you almost yeah. read about them in old books and like old mm. fairy tales and you don't think they even like exist anymore it's it is and you know like, that's a honestly a real tragedy and it's not yeah. that the macho men have to be some like these men even though I would call them very macho very masculine they're like they love God, you know, yeah. but they, they have a unique expression of what that is because they're living it out in a distinctly masculine way. And I think it's something to be, for me, I'm like, I only got to hang out with you more because I want to catch some of what you got because <laughs> that, that matters. You know what I mean? It does matter. They're, men and women are different. They're created with distinct distinctions and unique characteristics. And if we lose that, I'm, I don't have to tell you, I, I don't. We have lost in many ways. Yeah, I think we've the lost it. it. But yes, to bit. the weird stuff. I'm all about it, dude. Oh, yeah, the weird I'm stuff. I'm all about the weird stuff. Well, it's interesting that oh. you mentioned the books. 
that were taken out. Yeah. Because um, I'm what I'm I've read and talked to people about the yeah, books yeah, that please, were taken sure. out were taken out during the Dark Ages when religion was illegal. Which okay. is a convenient time to take them out because, you know, they were burning books and stuff mm. like that and you weren't allowed to have them. So it's kind of sneaky. You're talking is that about a lot of true? You're like, talking about a lot of history, so I'm not going to yeah. broad swath it like that because it's far more nuanced and sophisticated than that. That's true. I, but I, I don't know. It really. This is like <laughs> this lot. is what happened. Yeah. Dark Ages, like yeah. Uh, there's no, a lot that, more that. That's true. It is. Um, it is a lot more complicated than I just made it out to be. But can I also just put it on this as, you know, scholars do have, I guess, what you call the corpuses and all this kind of thing of of these bodies of literature that probably some of it, most of it even, we might have lost, but some of it we still have. So one of these is like First Enoch and... Yep, yep, we do still have them. Right? They're just not in canon. They're not in the canon. Yeah. They're not in the canon. And so I would... we don't have. Right. But I would go as far to say, I'm going to trust the Lord on this, that what we have in the canon is truly inspired by God. But here's the thing. when you, When you go and read the Bible, having read... And, and the label that, from what I understand, scholars will give that body of literature that you're talking about, those hidden books, whatever, would be known as the Second Temple literature. So these are things Jesus would have read. These are things that the apostles clearly read because you have in right. Jude, for instance, things that are not in the Bible but that are in these Second Temple literature pieces, which goes to tell you, like, there are some, go figure, not some, there are books that you should read because they broaden your um, understanding of the worldview of that period of time that the Bible was written in. And if you're actually doing yourself a pretty big disservice, uh, somebody who's written a lot about this is a guy named Dr. Michael Heiser. Anyways, I've read, I put, I pick up his book. I read a few chapters. I put it down. It's one of those books. Yeah, but he has yeah. a lot to say about this. Very interesting, and I I love it. I think a lot of the Bible comes together with it. So, what do you know about that whole thing? Because, um, well, because you mentioned, for instance, the Nephilim. You mentioned those angels. Because um, there's a lot to all that. What have you heard? What's your interest? Or we don't have to talk about that. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'm like kind of obsessed with it. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I, I mentioned the person I live with. They yeah. would you they would talk your ear off about this stuff. Oh really? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I learn every day that I am totally out of my depth anytime that I talk about it. I know nothing about it. Really. Like I I know, I, I, I too. I do like I do, but I learn every day how much I don't you know know about it. You know, it's it's a good point. I mean it's well said. At the same time you bring it up to any common person they're like, What? You know, giant mounds, America. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Now, see, that's the stuff I'm not aware of because I know there's like the legend aspect of like all these different cultures have these mm-hmm. giants, and I don't think that's an accident. No, they're definitely I don't around. think so either. So I, that Especially I since haven't looked into as much that aspect of it. That okay. You just mentioned. All right. Well, um, uh, I've been reading about recently. Um, it was actually funny when I was younger. I was like reading about like digging up giant bones yeah. and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. especially in the Middle East. For some reason, I didn't really get into America as much, and I think it's I think that's more because um, I think the information is actually deliberately hidden, mm. but um, or deliver- deliberately skewed to make it look 
Yeah, you know, and destroyed in some cases. Wow. But um, throughout our history, even in old history books, you will read about um, as we discover more of America, we dig up these skeletons that sometimes have six fingers, six toes, double rows of teeth, um, and range from anywhere from seven to 15 feet tall. Mm. I think I one know. of the tallest ones in in America that we've ever um, dug up. Um, I haven't verified that this is true, but from what I've heard, it was 36 feet tall. Jesus, dude. Which is... Constantly like, we think eating. seven feet is tall. Have you ever seen a seven-foot person? Right. Well, They're a tall person. My cousin's seven feet. He has his head on Whoa. every doorway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, he's Your a basketball player. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or he was. I don't know what he's doing now. Exactly. But, Jeez, um, dude. Seven feet is tall. Yeah. They're massive people. You know? I mean, Shaquille O'Neal's probably at, yeah. you know, almost seven feet if he's not. I know. He's big. He's a big boy. Yeah. Um, so they're like big people, and they're really rare to find. So the fact that we find um, skeletons that size normally, like not on a normal basis anymore because you're not allowed to dig up those burial grounds anymore. Wow. Um, and that there were legends of Native Americans talking about them all well, the time. I've heard living with them. When they go to greet. Yeah. It's to show I have we five have fingers. We have five fingers. Exactly. Yeah. You've heard that too? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was reading about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Old history Those books talk about them. Wow. Abraham Lincoln talked about them. No way. Abraham Lincoln knew what? about them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And he said publicly that they existed. Wow. Yeah. The Smithsonian's got records of them too. Yeah. I but only so far. Legally, they can. They cannot take. Um. Basically, there was a law passed. I can't. I think it was in the '90s, and a lot of this information has gone away since this law was passed. Really? That they can't display anything that is protected. Hmm. So if you don't, they can't display anything or like, you know, make publicly known that it, it's there or exists. They have to protect it pretty much. Um, so there is. From what I was listening to not too long ago, a couple of days ago, there is yeah. one, I think it's like a 10-foot skeleton. Like, obviously a big person. Jeez. Like, massive, massive person that's still on display. And the only reason they can display it is because they don't know where it came from. So it's not protected. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. And it's one of the only ones still left hmm. in museums. Yeah. In America. Um but uh, if you read if you read old history books and old news articles, they were regularly dug up. Mm. Every every so often there would be a news article that some farmer dug up this or they or that they found mummies of these things in caves. Wow, out west and everything. One that is that it was allegedly covered up at the Smithsonian and destroyed was um, in the Grand Canyon. It was a really famous one. Wow. There's a cave called Kincaid's Cave, which 
Wow, dude, I'm learning so much right now. Makes me even more suspicious is that it's actually protected by the military. 90% of the Grand Canyon's off limits. What? And protected by the military. Is that right? Yeah. If you've ever seen the Grand Canyon, that is way believable. It's absolutely massive. I've never been, it's sadly. It's ridiculously massive. I, I want you, to go. If you if you hear that and you're like, no way, 90%. You can't even walk 1% in a day if you wanted to. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous massive. Yeah. So, there's a cave in the Grand Canyon called uh, Kincaid's Cave. And it's because uh, um, an explorer... His last name was Kincaid. I can't remember his first name. Not Thomas, I hope. Just kidding. No, Thomas Kincaid. It's those paintings. Doesn't matter. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't. I don't know who that is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. That's okay. Anyway, I probably, I might if you show me, but, um. Yeah, they're like, they're very beautiful paintings. Okay. Um. Usually Christmas themed. He found a cave and in this, in this cave are Egyptian artifacts and, wow. and Buddhist artifacts which is weird that they're together and weird that they're in North America. <laughs> There's a lot and of weird things about that. Yeah. Yeah. If you go further into the cave, there were tons of giant skeleton mummies in oh the my cave. Gosh. Yeah. What is this national treasure that the military is? Yeah. So, protecting? Um, I'm curious. Yeah. Too. And this, this was, this was in the news. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. Beginning in the 1900s, I think it was like 19, it was before 1910, I believe. Mm. That they found this. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting. That is fascinating. It is fascinating. I'm, I'm it's, a big proponent of, to me, I can, I can speak a lot to the biblical side of it because I have watched a lot of things, read things, etc. And from what I can tell, you know, Biblically speaking, there were definitely giants. And just even culturally, when you think about like cannibalism and things, you know, it just certain practices and whatever that are just so awful. Yeah. You know, if that was rampant in my, again, worldview, believing in the flood and Noah and everything, it just makes sense. Noah was found to be, to be perfect before God, but it was in his generations. It was, yeah, it was his blood. Yeah. I believe that too. Mm. And that's one of the things. That's that's a good example of what I was talking about being mm. taught in ter- church too. Because mm. actually what I grew up believing was that Noah was the only thing to do. Noah was the only person who did anything right. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was righteous before God's eyes in, you know, what standards? Right. You know? But you know what? I... To be fair, he probably was. He probably I'm not, was. I'm not gonna put that off. But, but there's I, there's also speculation that he wasn't that great of a guy, well, <laughs> which he probably we, wasn't. We tell, you know, we can you know. tell. I mean, he got drunk. Everybody's blown yeah. it somewhere. Yeah. So, which you know obviously means that he wasn't righteous in that way. But it also says in those chapters that there were giants in the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Genesis chapter six it talks about them being unclean, mm-hmm. like. In their generations as well, right? I don't think it says that in the Bible. So, okay. again, we're getting into the second temple literature type stuff. And okay. again, I'm not bashing that or saying don't go read it or anything. Back then, if you were to ask people, there's a reason why that matters, why Genesis 6 matters, okay? You know, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, it's like, oh, here's a bunch of human history, and then suddenly we get to Genesis chapter 12, 
and we meet this guy Abraham and just the whole narrative changes. And it's because God's focus, he wants us to be on a certain thing. However, if you were to ask this, the average second temple period Jewish person, why is the world it is today? Their answer would be different than the average Christians today. Because the average Christian would be like Genesis 3. We ate from the tree. You know, our spiritual connection with God was broken, like sin entered the world. The second temple, again, I say second temple, that's a period of time when Jesus lived, essentially. Okay. They, like Paul, the people who wrote the New Testament, okay. Their answer would be Genesis 3 is one of those things, for sure. And then their other answer would be Genesis 6, because the spirits of the of all the Nephilim who died in the flood are the unclean spirits. They're actually called bastard spirits. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. So in the same way when Jesus commanded them to go into the, well, he let them go into the swine, that yep. whole herd of swine, and they all drown. You know, like, weird little parallel there with potentially what happened in the flood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there's that. Okay. So in other words... Why is the world how it is today? The acceleration of evil. Okay, if you have demonic energy on evil behavior, you're going to have an acceleration of evil in the world. So they would answer the reason the world is the reason it is today partly is due to Genesis 6. And then, in fact, they would take it a step further. And this is even more fringe, but I believe it because I've, I've had it shown to me in Scripture. And this is what's more fascinating, in my opinion. Okay. Is Genesis 11 with the Tower of Babel. Now, you don't get it from the original text, or I shouldn't say the original text, but the story of Genesis 11. You don't get this until you go to, I believe it's Deuteronomy 38, but you'll have to go, it might be Deuteronomy 32. I'll check after. Okay, this is what's interesting. Okay, so again, the oldest manuscripts say in that portion that God apportioned all the nations according to the number of the sons of God which is a term for angels, okay? Mm-hmm. Then he says, but Jacob is my portion. In other words, the nation of Israel belongs to God. So here's what we can gather on that. And again, I wish I had it all in my brain, but there's a psalm that talks about God standing in the assembly of the gods. So in other words, the most high God stands in the assembly yes, of the gods. I've heard of that. Okay, that matters too. Yes. Because why? Why does it matter? Is because... God has a whole family in heaven called the council. It's called the divine council. And what happens in the heavenly realm is also what happens in this earthly realm. And we get a picture of that in, I believe it's in Second Kings. There's this whole story where a prophet says, I saw God in heaven say to a bunch of these spirits that were before his throne, what shall we do to make Ahab go kill himself, essentially? And one of the spirits comes forth and says, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all of his false prophets, essentially. In other words, we get a picture of the divine council. It's very, very rare that we get that in scripture. It's not, but here, here's how that ties in with um, Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel. When God split up the nations and the tongues and all of these things, he apportioned over each of the nations a ruling spiritual authority. Now that matters. Okay. And they're originally supposed to be You keep those, keep this nation in check until the time, but they all turned. Now, again, this is not like specifically in the text. There's no chapter verse, but I could give you many chapters and verses to give you a picture. All of these spirits turned on God. Now, this matters because now we get into the New Testament. Okay, here comes 
the unique Son of God. Now, what's interesting is that the Bible says the only begotten Son of God. That word only begotten is actually unique. Why? Because Jesus is the only uncreated Son of God. God has many sons. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, so just stay with me. Okay. okay. Yep. So, here comes the Son of God on on the scene. Okay, we, we, we see in 1 Corinthians, this is very fascinating, go read it, chapter 2. Okay, I believe it's around verse 8. He says, uh, the rulers would not have crucified the Lord of glory if they knew like what it would have accomplished. They would never have, in other words, the purposes of God were veiled to the rulers and authorities. And they people take that passage and they think the earthly kings. No, no. This is the ruling principalities, the powers over nations, all these things that Paul again addresses in Ephesians chapter 6. See, the biblical worldview these ruling authorities, these principalities, these um, spiritual entities that are throughout the entire scripture, you can go read Daniel chapter 10 as well. He talks about the prince of Persia and prince of Greece. These are ruling spiritual authorities that are not demons. These are not demons that like oppress and possess people or whatever. These are ruling authorities in, an, in a higher echelon of the kingdom of darkness. Now, Satan was the original rebel, but yep. there are, according to the nations, there are 70 nations, so we can assume that there are 70. And when Jesus came, he stripped them of all of their authority and actually gave it to the church. And that all matters for other reasons. But anyways, the whole the whole reason being, why is the world the way it is today? See, it's not just Genesis 3. It's Genesis 6, which you mentioned, and it's also Genesis 11. That wow. there are still those ruling authorities over nations today. And that is the reason for the acceleration of evil. And when Jesus came, that's why he will... The Bible says again in 1 Corinthians, don't you know that you'll judge angels? People are like, we don't know what that means. I've read books. I've literally read commentaries on that. And they're like, yeah, we don't know what that means. We just have to be like, I guess Paul knew something we didn't. No, that's because there are ruling authorities that one day, guess who's going to rule in their place? The Bible says we'll rule and reign with Christ. See, we're displacing those those angels. And thus, just like Jesus who didn't just become a man. He's a man forever now. That's the eternal God becoming a man. We're going to be just like him, ruling in those places, but doing it Jesus' way, the wow. way of meekness. See how that's that's powerful, isn't that it? That is crazy. The whole biblical a, worldview gets changed. Yeah, I just... But it makes sense. I hope I helped it, some people you, there. You explained it in a way that made sense. Yes. Good. I'll have to read that myself and figure... Uh, you'll have to, I'm telling you, go look up this guy, Dr. Michael Heiser. He puts it all into perspective. Okay, Dr. Michael Heiser, all right. Yep, totally. Cool. Was that too much? Yeah. Is that all right? That no, that was great. Okay. That was great. That's exactly what I want. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, the crazier they get. We covered a lot. We talked a lot. We talked about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, yeah. So... Do you think, um, so why do you think that the, what what was the second temple? Second temple literature, yeah. Why do you think they shouldn't be, uh, do you think they shouldn't be part of canon? Mm. And is there a reason for that? You know, the Bible even mentions other books. Okay. Okay. Like books that aren't a part of it. Part of it. They're like first and second Kings, for instance talk a lot 
well, don't you know that's in the Chronicles of so-and-so and blah, blah, blah? Like, go read it. It says find that? Out more. Yeah. And then again, in the book of Joshua, it's like, oh, you can read more about this in Jasher. Wow. It mentions the book of Jasher. Oh. So there's, there's a lot of books that are mentioned. And I think those, in the same way that a historical book of some kind could be like, hey, read this to get more... How do you say that? It's like you could zoom in on all sorts of different aspects of history. It's just, it's the truth. You can just like, uh, some people write whole books about one term of a president and it's not even their whole life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, why didn't you include, you know, it's like, okay, I have to, at some point, I just trust that the Holy Spirit knew what he's doing when he said, because I know that those books were decided later, like the Council of Nicaea and all these things. But I, when you truly take all of the canon that we do have, the 66 books that we call the Bible, yes, through history, there's been debate in some versions of the canon, the Apocrypha, all these things they have. I get it. But when you do take the 66 books that we have, you are going to discover something that is extraordinary. Truly. And you really just scratch the surface when you go to Bible college like I did. There's biblical theology classes and you tie all these themes together and you're like, mind blown. I never realized all of these things were connected, right? Yeah. But you really do discover the books that we do have that we know are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Like, you can take those to the bank. Are there other things that could enrich that that haven't been included in the quote-unquote canon? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But I'd have to trust that yeah, they could have been in so many ways that other books could have included this or that. But you're going to discover 66 books, and this is not my saying, okay? I used to listen to a guy named Chuck Misler. He said this. 66 books written by 40 different different authors over thousands of years. But upon closer inspection, you'll discover that it's an integrated message system from <laughs> outside our time domain. And I do believe that. Anyways. Sorry, I, I, I'm like a I'm like a, a amalgamation of like all of these different people that I've just like let no, that's pour okay. into me over time. So. No, that's okay. I need to get better at um, not unloading too mu- too much information at once. <laughs> too. Um, I'm all about it. That was actually really interesting. I've never heard this whole cave thing that you mentioned. Oh, uh, really? No, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, th- there's uh drawings and and cave drawings too of uh. And even uh, some Native American uh, and um, some Native people that are still alive today that um, they will talk about stories their ancestors used to that have been passed down through generations of giants. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I'm right there. um, And people will get confused and, and I think it is really a bad confusion. People will talk about, you know, how the Native Americans, uh, Talked about Sasquatch and stuff like that, and oh, yeah. uh, I think they're different, two different things, because they talk about them distinctly different, and they draw them distinctly different. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it's pretty prominent, but pretty um, commonly covered up. Wow. Which it's I funny because your mom mentioned Sasquatch. And she was like, "I'm a total." Oh player. yeah, she's obsessed with it. Is she really? Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I really am interested in it too. I'm just, she, she's more so. 
Yeah, she like, listens to things constantly about it. Really? I yeah, she like like every time I go over her house, it's like a podcast or oh a video gosh. or something about a Bigfoot story or explaining what they are. Yeah. Or something like that. Very um, interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Can you educate just in like a short little segment here what what is Sasquatch? I literally as someone who's never <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it this okay. was so much speculation and everything mm, on it. Fair. What's weird about it yeah. is you don't find any bones. They they always seem to just disappear when they're walking away. And wow. And they're Almost in supernatural. A lot of places that are either protected or national parks. Like Theodore Roosevelt started Yosemite because they saw Bigfoot there, which is the first national park ever. No, is it Yellowstone? Crap, I can't remember. Is it Yosemite or Yellowstone? I get them mixed up sometimes. But yeah, um, you probably won't find that normally. But if you read old books and stuff, um, it will. And if you read about the first national park, it was started because they saw Bigfoot. Dang. So, um, I mean, it's, there's definitely something going on. It's just what it is. What is it? <laughs> no idea. Um, and cool. there also seem to be places where people see other things often, like UFOs and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a place um, pretty commonly known called Skinwalker Ranch. You ever mm-hmm. heard of that? No. So, it's a place, um, I think it's in Arizona. Or New Mexico, something like that. Um, and it's a it's a it's a cattle ranch that a family moved into at some point, um, and they were just tormented, like by all these random things over time. Like the first month they lived there, I think it was normal. You'd be able to get a lot more information if you read or watched something about it. Sure. Um, but they saw things like these orbs in the air that would just like hang there and just chill like in in the house and everything and things would disappear things would show up like in walls like embedded in them um one thing that stuck in my mind that I was reading about was um they were every once in a while they'd see this massive massive wolf it was just huge and it would just like walk away and disappear and then another one Hmm. I think they did see Bigfoot on the property Hmm. like what they thought might look like what a Bigfoot might look like and they also saw UFOs Hmm. and they also um, weird things would happen like their cattle would disappear and show up with no sex organs no tongues no eyes it was weird I'd say um, it's yeah, interesting because a lot of that sounds very supernatural. Yeah, and mm-hmm. one one thing that really stuck in my head as well was um, one of the stories was all one day they went outside and all of their I think it was cattle yeah it was cattle they were all disappeared all gone no cattle in the field and they spent forever looking for it forever looking for all their cattle and this was their business was cattle I see and. Um, they opened up one of their trailers and they were all in there facing the same direction, stacked side to side, front to back, 
just sitting there doing nothing not dead or anything just like like hazed in a trance and yeah. um they like spooked him and they all woke up and ran out bizarre yeah and these are this like this is this is supposedly real and <laughs> this is the reason they left this ranch after that a billionaire i think i think he's a millionaire he's a, he's a millionaire if he's not a billionaire named Robert Bigelow, who was really into the paranormal stuff, bought it. Eventually, the military took it over. Wow. Yeah. And this, and now that's that's who has possession of it to this day, is the military. Wow. You get in big trouble if you go there. Hmm. A lot of people have gone there and stayed. Like and they've movie. said, I Yeah, like I think there is a movie. I think it's a horror movie. Yeah, it looks very yeah. horror-ish. I have yep. seen some of it. Well, I haven't watched the movie, but I just mean the trailer. I'm like... Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's my cup of tea. But no, that's a real place. Wow. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, I wonder if that's what yeah. you're talking about. It's absolutely bizarre. I'm really interested in that kind of thing. I'm really tempted to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now that you probably can't. You mean to go see the movie or to go to the place? No, to go there and see if that stuff really happens. Apparently, if you go there and you just stay there for a week, nothing really happens. But you have to be there for a long time for it to start really happening but the family that lives there got so bad that they had to leave you know yeah anything paranormal it does remind me actually of certain encounters i've heard that people say that they've had with aliens but it was not to be gross or anything but like sexual in nature and Mm. like terrible violated violated and but suddenly they just like remember Jesus or they just remember Amazing Grace yes, or something and start or singing and say, it just completely stops. And they say his name and it stops. Yeah. So I'm I've like, heard okay, this is like, there's some element of this that's... Demonic. It's demonic, yeah. It that's is, how I'd yeah. put it to. I think so. And Especially yeah. because the, like the observations that people have of these things defy physics. You know what I mean? Defy yeah. certain laws of physics. So I'm not saying that, you know, therefore... They operate outside the realm of physics that we operate in. Yeah, which kind of tells me something. Their machinery does. and There's something about that that tells me something. I don't know what it is, but, you know, now we're getting into that whole, again, supernatural (laughs) realm of things. Yeah, that that kind of stuff, too, happens at national parks. Really? Yeah. Now, see, that's one actually one of my dreams, not putting the paranormal things aside there, but the... The on my bucket list is to like take a picture of a vista of that's just like breathtaking something somebody wants on like you know their desktop mm, background yeah. or something. They are absolutely beautiful. I totally Most yeah. You went out there. That's right. Where yeah. did you go again? Um, I first first place I stopped was Badlands, and then after that it was Yellowstone. Um, and I stayed in Yellowstone for like. A week that's awesome yeah that was probably cool. one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen wow that's why they're preserved i'm so glad we have those yeah per, uh, you know preserved it like is that. absolutely awesome i want to go to colors is well. ridiculous and the wildlife like you just be driving wow. and there's so oh, there's a bison oh there's an elk really you know yeah <sighs> so cool pe- people walk up to them too they're really dumb <laughs> <laughs> wow like people get people some some lady just died Right next to where I was staying because she got rammed by a bison because she wanted to take a selfie with it. <laughs> like literally just died. My girlfriend just sent me a, a oh, link shit. to it. 
Wow. Like, she's like, this happened right next to where we stayed. Oh, my gosh. Kind of thing. You know, and uh, it happens all the time because people, for some reason, have no fear of these massive animals that yeah, are I, wild. Well, I do <laughs> it's like, get back in the car, honey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can imagine, like, oh, yeah, we're on vacation and my wife died. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, seriously. So that ought to ruin a trip. You know? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to make it out there. That's hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, then Let's after see. that, I went down to um, in Utah, I think. Oh. Zion. Zion National Park. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Is that, what's the Grand Tetons? Is that out there? That's right below Yellowstone. That's cool, too. Oh, I went there, too. Okay. Dang, um, dude. You got all the hot spots. Yeah. Um, then I went to the Grand Canyon. Saw that, too. Jeez, some guy. Yeah. All by yourself? All by myself. Well, my girlfriend was working in Yellowstone. That's why I stayed in Yellowstone so yeah. long. But um, I would have chosen, actually, probably to stay in Yellowstone longer. Because it was so cool. Hmm. There's probably there's sometimes I'm tempted to go back there and just work there. Wow. Because I just like call of the wild. Yeah, I just kind of hike and see stuff and make money at the same time. <laughs> I have like no yeah. expenses living there. That's pretty sweet. If that you know, if I were to do that, you know. Mm. But I mean, like you don't make a lot into of money. Some of the passion, something or other going on there. Yeah, that's not really passion. That's almost just like a lazy mode. Although that's not lazy. A little bit of lazy mode, but also like, well, this would be really cool to do, kind of thing. Well, adventure. Yeah, a little adventure. Ain't ain't nothing wrong with a little adventure. No. You know, I'm no. sorry to suddenly. I don't mean to, but I'm just gonna say it. I can't help but see you. And think about even just your whole family and things, and just y'all are just a bunch of adventurers, pretty fearless. <laughs> Seriously, fearless yeah. people. It's I like I don't think about that. I do because I sometimes right because I'm outside. I'm an yeah. I'm an outsider looking in. I just must think about your mom and because I know her a little bit, and I know your dad far less, I suppose. But um, I don't know. They just must be proud. You guys, you're a good lot, the Larson family. Oh, thank so, you. Appreciate really. it. I'm just sitting here like, I think because a little bit when the way you just turned your head or whatever, I'm just like, I'm in a particular class every so often with your mom. So I, I'm seeing a lot of her recently. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, you guys look alike for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm they, sure they, every they son tell wants me I'm to hear adopted. they look like They don't know mom. who I look like. Say what? They tell me I'm adopted. They don't know who I look That's like. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, right. No, y'all look very similar yeah yeah i know we do everyone it's funny says i know it. i see johnny too and i'm just like oh my gosh he's got like the larson i don't know how to describe that um cadence of speech maybe is the way i'd say it <laughs> i don't know how to describe <laughs> it but it's so larson it's the best and i love it it's awesome makes me very happy thanks appreciate it yeah man yeah my family's great <laughs> they really are um yeah I, uh, yeah, that gets me into trouble. The adventure thing sometimes. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, it used to. Not as much anymore because I've been a little bit smarter about it, but. That's cool, though. Yeah. Um, I wish I was. I, I like, I w one, one thing I really have been thinking about lately, I'm like, no one does anything as cool as 
Lewis and Clark did anymore. <laughs> you know? Wow. Or like... That's like the heart Lewis of an adventurer right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's like no one does anything as cool as that anymore. That's amazing. Nobody does cool things. I guess the... Would it be like the final it's frontier true. of like so space? so easy now. Yeah. Unless you want to like go explore, be like, I want to be the first person on Mars. I guess that would be the new frontier. I guess, but... Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. That's okay. And that's their whole thing. That's Space. Right. The final Space. frontier. Yeah. Last one. No, dude, they actually have a new series out. It's, oh, do they? They have... Actually, it's literally tonight. I might go home if I didn't have a million things I need to read. <laughs> get, get, catch up on. Yeah, I know. I'm like totally watching Stranger it. Things and I'm like... I was, I was sitting there last night. I'm like, you know how many books I need to read? <laughs> books I could be reading right now. Well, I just think it, where I could I've be. heard... I've, I've not watched Stranger Things at all. And I, I've been told so my girlfriend is like, ep- or episode one, <laughs> season one, <laughs> season one, then she's like, is amazing. But I guess now it's getting kind of dark and whatever. So I'm like, oh. yeah, the last season they came out with, it's so gruesome. It's so gruesome. It's mm-hmm. like it, the last ones weren't as bad. Like the third season, all right, that was that was kind of yeah, because it was like it was kind of cheesy though. Like it was cheesy. Oh. Like so you're like okay, that's not that bad. Like, people, like, melted and their flesh and bones made, like, a monster. And it was kind of cheesy oh, to watch. Okay. But now, it's, like, this demon in a alternate dimension Jeez. possesses people from that dimension and causes them to have, like, these nightmare states. And then eventually, they rise up in the air, all their bones break, and their eyes get sucked into their skull, and they die. Wow. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. I, I saw the first episode, I was like, what? This has turned into a horror. Jeez, you know, it's I'm like, all about the sci-fi world, but yeah, that sounds more horror. Yeah, now. I mean, I have to finish it now. But <laughs> God bless you, child. Yeah, it's, and um, that show is actually based off of um, a, a military project, hmm. believe it or not, called the Montauk Project, really? which is shut down because of how bad it went. Okay. Yeah. The, I don't know enough about the show or any of that. So. Yeah, okay, so let me just give you a brief run over. In the show, they have this machine that is opening the door. Or actually, they have these telepathic kids that op- that help open a door to... The Upside Down or something. To the Upside Down, which is okay. the opposite dimension to the world we're in. Or whatever. Um, and... And so that's kind of the premise to the movie. There's adventure or to the show. There's an adventure that goes along with it, where they have to get where these kids have to get their friend back from the upside down. Mm. Um, and the upside down's evil, you know. And there's a monster in it, basically that's trying to enslave, not enslave, um, basically feed off this kid. Um, um, is that the Millie Bobby ice. Brown girl? No, Millie Bobby Brown's the telepathic, telepathic one. one. Oh, I see. Yeah, that helps open the door. Okay. And eventually helps these kids get back their their friend. Oh, cool. And she ends up shutting the door later on. But um, in in real life, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't watched it yet, no, there's way <laughs> to it. That's not a spoiler for oh, sure. Oh, there you go. But um. In real life, there there was a project called the Montauk Project, um, and what happened was 
that I think initially was the culprit for shutting it down. It also has something to do with Philadelphia Experiment. I don't know if you know what that is. Nope. Um, what ended up shutting it down was there was a chair that was supposedly um, kind of like a gateway. It was a machine. It was a gateway mm-hmm. to another to another dimension, basically. Okay. Um, this is what they say. This is in the reports. Okay. And this monster basically came out of it and destroyed the place. And they ended up having to shut it down. Shut down the project. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I That kind of puts me... I started just to think about a thing I heard about quantum computing. And the guy I was talking about... I don't know. Something to that effect... Where it's like how it's able to compute is so like amazing. And he was like, it feels like you're at the altar of a an alien god or something, he said. It's like the language what? that they're using. Yeah, yeah, I watched wow. this video. It was really bizarre. I was like, how's that? But they were talking <laughs> about how, <laughs> but they were saying like, they have to keep it at literally like absolute zero temperature. Something has to be like super cold because of the heat that this thing generates or something. Wow. I have no idea. This is like, that's a little bit of my brother's world. Ah. He just has the most great, another esoteric, here we go. (laughs) Fringe type YouTube feed. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I love it though. I love it. So I kind of grew up with that. That's why I'm not like, I'm just driving right now because I'm I'm, I'm down. Yeah. There's another thing that's actually currently active called CERN. Yes. You ever heard of that? The collider thing. Yeah. The particle collider. Um and uh but I'm telling you you got to talk to who I live with they would <laughs> I I just had this conversation with them like literally oh, really? days ago. Yeah. I'm not even getting goose just I've heard of similar things happening with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like especially with the things appearing like uh people will just disappear on the facility. Um things will just and then they'll show up a different time of the day. You know. Um, not understanding what's going on hmm. or things will show up in walls or like in where they're not supposed to be hmm. um, that kind of thing it's really odd very odd yeah very odd indeed but, um, the interdimensionality I will say my favorite yeah. movie is inter- well one of my favorite movies Interstellar oh well, that's a cool that? movie oh. that's a really cool movie Dude. <laughs> Such Matthew McConaughey is great. He is but, yeah. Matt Dillon. Matt yeah. Dillon. Uh, Matt, Matt Damon. Dillon. Matt Damon. Yeah, he was in uh, The Martian. See, I haven't right? seen The Martian. Uh, Martian's pretty good. It's not like Interstellar, but it's pretty good. Yeah, I do not like his character. Obviously, I'm sure everybody hates him. But whose character? Matt Damon. In real life? No, no. I'm just saying his character in that movie. Interstellar. In The Martian. Interstellar, bro. Oh, in Interstellar. What yeah. Was he in Interstellar? He's that Matt guy Damon. that they go to rescue. And he oh, wakes up from the that's thing, right. And then he tries to like okay, so it kill everybody. Yeah, okay. Gosh. I remember that now. Yeah, I remember yeah. in the movie theater, literally my words. I'll never forget. I was with a friend and she like lost it because I just, I was like, Matt, uh, what did I say? I'm like Matt Damon, what the F? Like I just didn't know he was in the movie at all. And suddenly he's just there. I'm like, what? Anyways, good times. That's funny. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Cool, man. This is, uh, that was the end of it. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That was awesome. 